The views expressed okay, on the international internet strangers mixtape do not necessarily uh, reflect the views of the United States, the United Kingdom, their respective societies for the prevention uh, of cruelty to animals, or postal services. Right now. Uh, my name is Damon. And I am Zen. And it is, uh, it's not even that early here anymore. It's 10 to 8 now. I should have caught up at this point, but... Uh, what, I mean, that's still pretty early, to be fair, for, for non-child-having people. That's pretty early for a Sunday. Yeah, that, that's, that is... Yeah, especially for a Sunday. I'm, I'm a hero, is what I am. <laughs> um, so, all right, so today... Uh, Wow, it, uh, I don't know, I guess it's been a while since we recorded, as there's not really anything to address, it's just hard to to put it together. We missed uh, St. Patrick's Day. Yep. Um, didn't get to talk about Ireland at all. Uh, you ever been? Uh, yes, I have, only once though, and to Dublin, which is the most obvious place to go. Oh, sure. Um, so yeah, did the whole Guinness. St. James's Gate tour. Um, but yeah, I think it was even, it was it was like a long weekend, so I didn't really see much. But did you go when you were in this part of the world? Oh man, you know what I did? I did nothing when I was in that part of the world. <laughs> uh, we did a school field trip to Normandy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my aunt came to visit and we kind of recreated that same trip. So I've been to Normandy twice. Um and Scotland, yeah. uh, I mean, my uh, church youth group did a, a hiking trip to Wales, and I was like, y'all are hiking? No way. So I didn't even go to Wales. Like, I I did nothing. It was oh. extremely boring. I mean, to be fair, to recap, you were a teenager. That... So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They it, it... tend not to be enthusiastic about you know, like you say, hiking and things like that. That's true. It's it's also funny kind of thinking about how many songs I was into about how boring the place you live is when I was just not doing anything. <laughs> like, mm. oh, we're going to, you know, take this trip to, to Bruges. I was like, you have to wake up real early for that. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. This, this, is, uh, this is painfully familiar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I've, I've been to London a, a bunch um, and a lot of concerts uh, and spent a week in, in Scotland. And that's that's kind of what I what I traveled. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so, yeah, St. Patrick's Day, been and yeah. gone. Uh, I, I do have a if, if somebody wants to keep up the St. Patrick's Day and we did not even touch on St. David's Day. No. Have our our Welsh music special and. Bonnie Tyler I mean, I, and Tom Waits and Tom Waits. Tom Waits isn't Welsh. Tom Jones, my goodness! <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just imagining like all the world is green in a thick Welsh accent. It kind of works, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, well, Tom Jones is not afraid of doing a, an album of cover tunes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's still. Oh, he's still performing. That's like the whole Tom Jones thing is like he's a tireless machine. Yep, absolutely. He has uh, sucked sips from the fountain of youth, definitely. Yeah. I mean, he's got to be like, what, 
in his 80s at least. Oh, he's, yeah, absolutely. He's, so here's the thing. William Shatner is 92. Mm. So we'll use that as a, a kind of starting point. As I don't I, know. Am I, I aging him? I just, I feel like he's been around forever. Let's see. Tom Jones. Sir Thomas Jones Woodward, OBE. Uh, born June 7th, 1940. 81 years old. Hey, there we go. There we go. So he, he's yeah. a good 10 years younger than Shatner. Wow. Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of become a bit of a bit of a joke almost that uh, when I do my weekly pub quiz, I always have a couple of rounds hinging on, you know, things that are happening that week. So, yeah, always do the Saints days and whatever else is happening in the world. Pancake day. I didn't do an April Fool's Day one because I just I couldn't think of a tasteful way of doing that. It's it's lost a lot of the shimmer somehow in the last mm. decade. I I just I don't really. I, so, in the middle two thousands, what I loved was uh, I you know used to read a ton a ton of web comics and they would you know I think syndicated papers used to do this too is you you'd draw each other's comic, mm-hmm. and that was that was fun. But they kind of got tired of doing that and yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really do anything for April Fool's Day. Did you see any good ones this year? I'm trying to think. Um, I, I feel like they, they kind of fell into one of two categories, the ones I saw. They were either like, yeah, okay, that's obviously an April Fool's Day joke, yeah. yawn, or a bit too feasible to be funny. Oh, here's here's one. Uh headline I saw on April 1st was uh, the United States uh, House of Representatives, so the lower uh, chamber of the Congress, mm. voted to decriminalize cannabis. And I was like, that's a good April 1st headline. I think it's true. Like, it actually happened. It's got no chance okay. of making it through the Senate. But Well, this is the thing. The world is just so intensely insane at the moment. Yeah. I feel like April 1st Day doesn't really work because we just can't be surprised anymore. It's like, oh yeah, you know. Yeah, when 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 the Oscars, the big headline from the Oscars is the most '90s thing to happen in the 2020s, almost at 2010s. Um, yeah. Will Smith and Chris Rock. That's an April Fool's headline. Well, this is this is what I was saying about um, some of them just being too feasible to be funny. Someone posts a fake screenshot from Will Smith fake Instagram account saying, ha ha, April Fool's, it was all a joke, and him and Chris Rock hugging. And I was like, was it? What? Uh, have I missed something? And why would it have been a joke on the, what, 27th? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Mm. Um, oh, but if, uh, beautiful babies, if you want to get back into the St. Patrick's Day spirit, I did listen to Take a Shot, a really good podcast. Um, do, do you know Blind Boy? No. Okay. I think so. Uh, so blind boy, he, he's got a, a whole whole history. But my my uncle actually turned uh, turned me on to his podcast. I'm not subscribed, but I'll pull out a, an interesting one every once in a while. He's Irish, and he, he's got a, a lovely Limerick accent. Um, and I know it's a Limerick accent because the the episode I'm recommending, uh, the episode title is uh, Avocado Salt Bay. And he goes into like most, most episodes hinge on like the, uh, the ones I've listened to at least, um, 
somehow always touch on the Irish cultural footprint. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's always like a fascinating, uh, fascinating thing. So, so the ones that, that we learn about in, in this episode, um, Irish people teaching English across Europe and okay. notable Europeans who speak English with an Irish accent. Amazing. Uh, and how uh, the wider Christian conception of hell and purgatory are both Irish in origin. That's interesting. Yeah. It's a, it's a great episode. He's it's, it's real good storytelling. And uh, yeah, I, I only listen on occasion. Um, I think it's the, the podcast I think is called the blind boy boat show. Hmm. Um, but yeah, if, if you want something Irish with a bit of, a bit of Irish history, uh, that's about more than Guinness. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, uh, Americans doing Irish things, right? Uh, I, I, I did learn a, a bit of, of, uh, history of the troubles because mm-hmm. of, uh, a post from, of all organizations, the Chicago bears. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so e- every year at St. Patrick's day, the city of Chicago dyes the river green. Yeah, um, this is a this is a pub quiz question right there. There you go. And if if you've seen uh, my favorite St. Patrick's Day film, The Fugitive, you'll know all about it, uh, or at least know that it happens. That's where I learned it. Um, <laughs> so the Chicago Bears posted a photo of the river dyed orange and said that's more like it. And someone brought this up on on Twitter, and I was like, and, and I was like well, what, what's the, I don't know the problem in reading through the comments. I'm like, oh, now I know what the orange and the green mean. Mm. Um, where it's, it's the green is uh, Irish is in general to everything you'd say about the, the, the Irish conflict, you have to really use general terms and let, <laughs> because it, it gets, it gets really, really granular at like everything I've seen, mm. like it goes really, really deep, but green essentially uh, cash Catholic, um, no, uh, and orange is, is like Protestant unionist, uh, which would be like with England. Bas- basically what happened is, <laughs> is the Chicago bears inadvertently took sides in the, uh, the Catholic v Protestant Republic versus union got you, got you, got you. conflict. Yeah. For, for, for the listener, I'm, I'm pulling, uh, uh, confounded faces. I, 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 I'm really bad at history, but yes, I do know that uh, Orange has a political association. Yeah. Uh, with regards to, yeah, we... the troubles and all that. I, I don't know about Green specifically being linked to the other group. I mean, Green's just like you know, you, you've got. Is it the the tricolor of the the flag is called the three colors represent three different things. Yeah. Well, I, I, I know. Yeah. In uh, Mexico, it's, they call it that in Spanish or in uh, Italy, it's, you know, tricolori. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was, yeah. Looking through the comments on Twitter, uh, they, they did recommend a, a song called the orange and the green, um, by the Irish Rovers. And it's not like a big history lesson. It's, it's just, uh, but, you know, uh, 
my father, he was orange and my mother, she was green. My father was an Ulster man, proud Protestant was he. My mother was a Catholic girl from County Cork was she. So that's, yeah. that's what I learned. It would have been fresher in my mind uh, if we had been recording this around St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Um, but I do, yeah, oh, the, I kind of, so the, the 18th of March uh, was also the second anniversary of uh, an earthquake here in Utah. Mm. Um, it was a 5.7, which is not headline around the world big, but pretty big. Uh, mm. And up uh, outside of Salt Lake was the, the epicenter. And that also was the, the day, the first day I started working from home at my last job. I'm able to remember when, when those things kind of happened together. Yeah, I yeah, I don't think I remember hearing about that. I feel like an earthquake in in Salt Lake is quite a big deal, really. That's not a normal occurrence, like is it? Well, we are on a fault line. Uh the Wasatch Mountain Range is on a, a, a big old fault line. So so growing up here and, and living here for a while, they're like, Well, you know, there's gonna be the big one. Um and apparently like we we're kind of overdue for it right now. So, so yeah, so 5.7, it was a, a really big deal in, in, in Salt Lake. I was in Provo, which is about 50 miles out. Um, mm. and I, I remember I was listening to the radio, uh, and I think I was rocking, uh, yeah, I don't know why else I would have been in the baby's room. Um, and little dude, he would have been like three months old. So, mm sitting there rocking and getting ready to to work from home and it it feels it felt down there like just like a huge truck going by because we're pretty close to state street but not close enough that a truck would shake the house Mm. and the other street that we're on it's too small for them to go that fast i was like well that's that's weird and then the radio cut out um you know because they're a lot closer to it and they went off the air for a little bit. That's like horror film stuff. Yeah. That's really scary. But that's like that's when the whole like like the real, you know, from my from my end, the start of the real COVID thing. Mm. You know, like oh, working from home also a natural disaster. Um, and that's what that's when the radio show I listened to started broadcasting from from home is because well they weren't allowed in the building for a little mm. bit while it got secured. So that's that's why they got everything set up to, to broadcast from home. So. Gosh, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I, I hadn't really thought about that. The, that it was around St. Patrick's Day two years ago that everything kind of shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Two years, eh? Yeah, and it's it's funny in that in 2020 I did check off a lot of the uh, you know the bingo card sort of mm-hmm. thing. So I it was before the the lockdown stuff, but had a baby uh, that was January. <laughs> uh, changed jobs that was December. Uh, moved um, mm-hmm. moved in with my parents. Uh, did gig economy work to supplement. I did grocery delivery for a while. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I had others. I, I, I didn't write them all down. 
because uh, we missed the day and I didn't think we were going to bring it up, but here I go. But yeah, I, ch- I checked a lot of the a lot of the boxes. I was surprised when I kind of reflected on it. Yeah, yeah. I guess baby two is is officially a lockdown baby. Yep. Yeah, entirely, entirely from that time. Yeah. Uh, it's so weird. Do you think? Do you think like when they're older? They'll look back on the kind of like pre-pandemic, post-pandemic era. Do you think things will have changed that much? I man, see, I wonder because what? Well, when I uh, so with the first kid, uh, we, we were like, well, let's let's write a little journal for him, um, mm. and you know, just kind of like the the record, you know, can look back whenever and kind of get the vibe for for the time, and we'll you know note things you know like oh we sat up and and all this stuff so i'd started it well before uh he was born and i i do remember putting in there once uh once we it started being called COVID 19 instead of just you know the coronavirus uh, mm. i remember writing you know uh specifying 19 because who knows how many of these will have had by the time you read this. Yeah. So I, that was a, a fairly pessimistic note to start the thing off with, but <laughs> it also felt like, uh, you know, like, oh, well, this is happening in this place and they're doing this. And I was like, well, this all feels like the prologue to a, you know, it's like the, the not even the first act, it's the, the beginning of a, you know, a 28 days later or something. Oh yeah, totally. Or a, um, a, a, a entry you find in The Last of Us. Mm. yeah it's interesting it's i don't know I, I think i might have mentioned before after um it's a sin came out um the the tv series. and my mum was like yeah the tv series is about um you know the aids crisis and stuff um and it wasn't until that came out that my mum was like, oh, yeah, you know, because obviously that was all going on when you were born. Oh, yeah. Um, and there was actually like an AIDS wing in the hospital and stuff. And it's just, I don't know, it's just mad that you kind of lose that context. Well, you never had the context because you were yeah. a newborn baby. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah it, I don't know. I, I was just thinking about your kids and they're going to grow up and be like, oh, yeah, I was born in a pandemic. Yeah. And it, it's going to be like one of those weird... Uh, you know, like how we we had internet eventually as younger people. I was going to say as kids, but, mm. you know, not even kids' kids. Mm. Like we, we had it. I remember fourth grade, I would have been you know, nine or ten. At, uh, and the school I was at there, they, you know, made like a big deal of, of saying, like, look, all the computers in the library are you know, on this network and, and you can make a, a school email address. And we did, but what, what were fourth graders going to do with that? But like <laughs> yeah. send poop jokes to each other. And that's barely what we did. So, but yeah, yeah. it's going to be like, uh, you know, the older kids are going to have like some memories and they're going to be the, uh, it was like, I don't know. That was, because uh, the 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 oldest he would there weren't even you know any sort of restrictions at the hospital when he was born. 
because mm. it was uh, you know January that I think it wasn't even because there's uh, speculation that the Sundance Film Festival is what brought the first cases to Utah. Yeah, so Sundance hadn't even happened yet. Huh. Yeah, they were kind of talking about it in January, though. I, yeah. I remember having conversations like, oh, have you heard about this thing in China? Yeah, I, yeah, and um, yeah, I remember it, it from December, at least. But in December, uh, international news was a lot more focused on Australia being on fire. Yeah. And they, they took care of that, right? I don't remember any resolution, but it's been two years, so... I have no idea. It just kind of stopped being in the news one day. Yeah. I, I do remember not too long ago Googling, is Australia still on fire? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, pretty sure the answer is no. Yeah. I, I feel like I have that would be concerning. heard non-fire related things out of Australia since then. So. Yeah. Well, it was all about Novak Jorik for a while. Oh, gosh. Um, That's right. Yeah. So the, the, the fires at least didn't make it to the to the tennis courts. Apparently not, yeah. Uh, no, the, the only thing that I really know about Australia at the moment is all this stuff about, well, you've probably not heard about it, but um, a trade deal with the UK. So, hmm. you know, obviously Brexit was a massive cock-up. Yeah. Um, but one of the big things that, you know, the Tories were promising was, oh, we're going to get these amazing trade deals with America and Australia. And they're not amazing at no. all. Um, but one of the, the kind of concerns in terms of like what I do for, for a living and stuff is um, Australia have very different welfare rules for farm animals that farm for food. Oh, yeah. So there's like quite a, quite a lot of concern about all this stuff coming over from there that, you know, we wouldn't approve in this country, but we've got this trade deal now. So we're going to start importing like, you know, hormone uh, injected beef or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, it's because you got to, because you lost Europe. So you got to look around and he's like, all right, well, who likes us still? What, what do we got? We got Canada. We got, <laughs> yeah. uh, how South Africa feel? No, no. That's, well, <laughs> Ireland, anything? No. Just looking around, looking around the globe, like where were we? Where were we before? India didn't. I love end it. That I actually well. really, I really love that all these countries are finally like able to leave the empire. Like, well done, Barbados. Yeah. Yes, you got out. Yeah. Who's I next? saw a great uh, uh, graphic about how many countries celebrate an Independence Day and what percentage of those are independence from Britain. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, okay, so I got, I got, uh, I, I did a little cutting and pasting in Audacity, and mm -hmm. uh, I, I heard just amazing. So before, before uh, you jumped on and uh, we decided how to do do this podcast and what we were going to focus on, I was toying with the idea of uh, criticizing radio ads. It's okay. the, the dumbest, yeah. most insular, most just for me concept. But that, that was what I, I kind of wanted to do. Cause I'd, I'd hear these ads. And I'd be like, that's not how you use that word. Or like, that's not, you don't, ah, that's not, or, no. And it only bothered me. Um, <laughs> uh, it bought, well, it bothered me. And then it bothered Katie because I bothered her with it. So, uh, you know what? I, I think I only actually listened to like 
BBC Radio. Oh, there you go. There are no ads. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I really, I, it was just the one radio show I would listen to in the in the morning, and now it's just not part of how my mornings run. I only listen to the podcast. So, mm. uh, but that's where I pulled these ads from here. Uh, and the, the thing with the podcast advertisements is they, they use a service. And so mm-hmm. when the, and when I interned there, I, I put the podcast together before I listened to any podcast and it was a big four hour, I, I get it. So it's a four hour show. So cutting out the commercials, uh, uh, it would cut down to like three and a half, mm. but that's still like huge. And then for a while, so then after I left while I was listening to the podcast, they would cut it into each hour of the show was a separate episode, uh, or they would split it in two. And now it's like the big one, but they cut it down an awful lot more. There, there's a lot more mm. that gets trimmed than when I was doing it. So it's about two and a half hours, but they use a, a service and they'll put one of their own promos in there for, mm-hmm. you know, some, something, some other show that the hosts do. Um, and then <clears throat> a bunch of ads from a service. Uh, and I think those get put in when I download it. It's not anything with the show itself. Um, so like, yeah, like with um, video on demand, your, your ads are slightly tailored to you. Yeah. So like if, if you downloaded an episode of the radio from hell podcast, you would get, uh, you know, stuff that I would never hear just, uh, you know, for geography reasons. Uh, yeah. It's also funny how often I get ads in Spanish, which is fun. Anti-smoking okay. campaigns in Spanish. Um, but there, there's uh, this one for Grammarly that yeah, uh, it's made like its second appearance in the, the rotation. So it was like a few weeks ago, there was a Grammarly ad. And then like earlier this week, there was a Grammarly ad. And an ad for a service that's designed to help you fix your writing. Mm-hmm. And this, this is the clip that I pulled. The, the free version of Grammarly spells, saves you from embarrassing spelling grammar. And right. it's, uh, I, I cut it too short. It's embarrassing spelling grammar and other mistakes, but spelling grammar that's not a thing. It's embarrassing spelling, spelling comma, and grammar. grammar. Yeah. yeah. The, he just floated over a comma like Chris Walken. Just oh. like it's, that's what your product's for. Listen to your copy. Oh Listen to the, that embarrassing spelling grammar. <laughs> if it's any consolation, uh, I've had a little bit of experience with commissioning ads for like, podcasts and stuff and you don't always get to approve them like some agency just approves them for you so I really like to think that no one at Grammarly heard that because come on guys that's your job yeah (laughs) it it, it should be the thing most interesting to you is that this guy said embarrassing spelling grammar and punctuation errors that's what it that's what the other one is embarrassing and and that is a punctuation error you miss the comma so so there's that one. That one's upsetting. This one is charming. I really like this one that I that I got. It's not coming through. You're not you're not hearing any of that. Okay, let me 
dang it, that's that's disappointing because this is this is a charming bit of uh, advertisement. You heard the the Grammarly one though, right? Oh, you didn't no. hear Grammarly either. <laughs> no, but you repeated it straight oh, after. Oh gosh, okay. Well, huh. Oh man, I wonder if this is being recorded on the internal microphone again. Okay. We are back. I think I sound a lot better. The line definitely doesn't look so muffled. Um, beautiful morning sun shining in through the window behind me. Very nice. Uh, okay. So let's, uh, for the listener, I was going to punt, drop it in in post, but since we're here, uh, let's actually listening, listen to the spelling grammar. The free version of Grammarly saves you from embarrassing spelling grammar. Embarrassing spelling grammar. No, not a thing. You didn't hear it? Oh, yeah, no, I heard it. I heard it. I'm just saying. uh, Oh, yeah, spelling grammar. Spelling grammar is not a thing. Yeah. So there's that one. Uh, And now this is is the thing to resistance. This is what I was really, really hoping to get to today. I like to cook on the big green egg. Why? It's impressive and everything turns out great on the big green egg. If you don't have one, you got to go to Wassie's Meat Market and get a big green egg. They have the lowest prices in the country. They also have all the accessories. They even have a classroom set up to teach you all the basic techniques on the big green egg and advanced techniques on the big green egg. When you get the big green egg from Wassie's Meat Market, there's a lifetime guarantee. So check them out. It's Wassie's Meat Market. Check them out on Instagram or just go to their website, Wassie's Meat meatmarket.com in melbourne on wickham road it's wassie's meat market i like to cook on the and uh the the ad played twice on the on the show and i i just real quick this morning cut it out so i got both of them in there so so many things happening there first of all i don't think he had a script i'm i'm really quite certain he he was just kind of winging it they told him say big green egg a lot uh and then so he says, visit him on Instagram. How? Who knows? How do you spell Wassies? You should know. Totally. Melbourne I, where? I, couldn't even I don't know. Figure out what that word he was saying was. Wassies. Wassies. That's yeah. As as best as I can tell, that's what it is. Wassies. Wow. Uh, Melbourne, Florida, maybe. I'm guessing not Australia from the accent, but I don't yeah. know where Melbourne is. Um, and then it, and then it cuts off at the end as though he had like a window to fit and anything that went past it, such as dot com, <laughs> yeah. just didn't get into the ad. So so that ad and like four times in the podcast, because you know, every commercial break. So good. I like to cook on the big green egg. Also my 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 favorite that I just noticed this morning is the first time he says he says grin. Yeah. Grin egg. Um, I like to cook on the big grin egg. What they have classes for how to. It's a barbecue, right? It's, it's like it's a, smoker. a smoker. Yeah. Why do you need classes? <laughs> oh, to to build man. a big green egg community, so you can be. Have you seen uh, the the Mark Zuckerberg? Uh. Oh man. No, I'm not going to pull it up now. I'll I'll <laughs> I'll post it. Uh, as as the show, we'll do it later. But uh, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg smoking these meats. 
Okay. Um, so he's he's a big green egg guy, a big mm. green egg. And I want to know where Melbourne is because I need to understand that accent and where they say grin. Grin egg. It's big mm. grin egg. Of course, if it is Florida, Florida is such a like. It brings in people from all around, so I don't know mm. if that's even a Florida accent or if like he's from Philadelphia and moved to Florida. Yeah. Melbourne, where? mysterious and that's that's an advertisement i got more than one day i got that it's it's like it's like they they fed him a bunch of cocaine (laughs) watched him in a recording booth and they're like right you've got 10 seconds sell the big green egg go yeah it's and it's an ad for the the meat market you can get the big green egg anywhere but where can Mm. you get the classes and the meat for the big green egg. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm I so curious about, for this. <laughs> about that accent too. Cause it, it, it just makes me think of like the Utah, you know, you'd say pillow or milk or uh, something's on sell instead of sale. So those are some kind of Utah ones that I, I will hear radio professionals do in advertisements. I, and I'm, I'm, no, I'm not even torn. I like it. I don't want to see regional accents go away all the way as much as I personally fight very strongly not to adopt any pillow sort of accent. Mm. Um, oh, and I, I recently learned uh, Pello is also Long Island. Long Island, New York, they say Pello. Instead of what? Pillow? Pillow, yeah. Right. So, okay. so they make that I and E. Hello. Pillow. Pillow and milk and people be strange. Yeah. I saw I saw a tweet the other day that was like, How would you describe your accent? And obviously none of us think that we have accents until right. you speak to someone else. Um but yeah, I don't know. It's got me thinking. Yeah. How would I want, you describe your accent? I wanna do a whole episode on on, on accents because mm. peop people I mean, especially after I, I moved back to Utah from, from England after high school, people did not know what to make of my accent. <laughs> and I, I definitely didn't adopt an English accent. I did adopt some English, like I still spell color and favorite with a U. Mm. Um, and I, for a long time after I came back, I said trousers instead of pants. And that mm-hmm. I think threw people off no matter what accent I would say it with. But yeah, so there were like some, some phrasing things that I took, but I, I was pretty conscious not to, to try to, especially like when talking with actual English people, I was like, don't, don't do their accent. Don't do the (laughs) accent back to them. Don't, don't do it. So uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think we'll, we'll do an accents episode. I don't, I don't know how to describe mine. I'll, I'll put some thought to it. Mm. And then, yeah, you know, we'll all try bad Australian and stuff. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I've I've had people say to me before that they think I'm Australian, and so I really get it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't hear Australia from you. Hmm. It 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 was really funny. Um was a 
something corporate concert in, in Norwich. And uh, there were some shorter girls in front of me trying to get a, a picture and I offered to, to help. And mm. because it, you know, it's the early two thousands, it's a disposable film camera they're yeah. getting the picture with. I was like, Oh, Hey, I'm, t- I'm taller than you. you want me to do that. And they're like, oh, your accent. And I was like, what this old thing. <laughs> That's weird. So that was, that was like the one time I really experienced the, the foreign novelty of, of my accent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I always find it kind of sad, like, so, you know, I've got friends who aren't originally from the UK, who live in the UK, uh-huh. and they say when they go back home, their family and friends are like, oh my God, you sound so British, and then when they're here, they're like, you know, I sound too Irish or American or whatever. Yeah. Um, you just can't win. You're displaced by your strange accent. Yeah. But it's what makes also what makes you unique, and that's mm. part of why I don't want regional accents to go away. Yeah, I want people from Philadelphia to always sound like they're trash people, just <laughs> absolute garbage accent. Anyway, should we get into the songs? Yeah, let's let's do some music. Let's do it. We got four four more songs uh, in this okay. one. Um, I just want to hear the big green egg ad again. <laughs> Uh, okay soundboard sound clips it's been so long since we've done this it's also taken us so long to get to this point and i'm glad we're here we got four more songs they are let me double check before i say anything yep wall-to-wall solid songs i love it uh good up i'm i i gotta say i'm very excited to get to the next mix um I do consider it some of your best work. Ooh, okay. It's it's a it's a it's a really good mix, and so I'm I'm excited to get into that and and uh, maybe do a little less talking on these episodes. My word! We can try. We can I try. I really wanted to subtitle the last episode. Nice story, Damon. <laughs> Just every little thing. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. The year is probably. 1997 Mm -hmm. Uh, mountain home air force base idaho public library has a very quaint cd selection very like like one spinner rack of cds that you can check out uh from the library and the three albums that i got there that i taped and kept in my heart forever are Odele, mm-hmm. um, Wyclef. Oh, I didn't tape Wyclef Jean's The Carnival, but I did end up buying it from BMG. Um, and Stone Temple Pilots, Tiny Music, Songs from the Vatican Gift Shop, which is a, a, and always has been, and I reckon always will be my favorite Stone Temple Pilots album. People love okay. Purple. And I understand why. And Core has, you know, Plush and Dead and Bloated and Wicked Garden and what yet, what have you. But this this album and uh, the song we're going to listen to, Lady Picture Show in particular, had exactly the right amount of pop shine that I needed. And yeah, and I think there's something to be said for the band the album that introduces you to a band oh. always holds a slightly special 
special place. That's true. That's really true. That's why I still love Bush's The Science of Things. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's definitely it too. That's because this is the sound that taught me what Stone Temple Pilots sounds like. Like I knew Big Empty and I knew Plush and I knew uh, Interstate Love Song. But mm-hmm. but to really like kind of sit with it in the headphones, it was, yeah, It's and it's it's weird. Like it's a weird album and I appreciate that about it. Uh, anyway, well, let's hear the let's hear the song. That's two songs in a row I queued up to the instrumental bit. Um, but the, oh, the reason I did that, obviously Stone Temple Pilots, Scott Weiland is the face of the band. Hmm. But I've always loved uh, the band behind him. I thought that because, because the guitar, especially the guitar solos um, on the album were not what I felt were typical guitar solos always kind of like an interesting section of the song doing a lot of work. I I always love the DeLeo brothers. I forget if it's Dean or Robert that plays guitar. Um, but I don't know. yeah, but that's why I've always uh, shown an interest in other Stone Temple Pilots adjacent projects. Mm-hmm. Um, when Scott Weiland was recording his solo album, uh, they did a, a thing called talk show uh, where they had a different singer. And that's what, when I got to England, that's one of the first albums I got from the library on base over there. Hmm. I don't remember any of the songs from it. I, I didn't, I didn't tape any of it, but that was, I was like, this is the, the important members of stone temple pilots to me and a different singer. I don't remember who that singer is. Um, <laughs> and then when, Scott Weiland was doing Velvet Revolver. I think he had been ejected from Stone Temple Pilots at that point. And uh, that's why he was doing Velvet Revolver with the members of Guns N' Roses. Uh, Mm -hmm. They did a project called Army of Anyone with Robert Patrick from Filter. And it, again, like talk show, it just wasn't as dynamic as I wanted it to be. Mm. Maybe I have a problem with Robert Patrick's lyrics overall. I'll have to go back and listen to it again. I, I, it just didn't stick with me that much. I, at any given point would rather listen to tiny music or revisit four and Shangri-La di da. I like number four Shangri-La di da hits and misses for me. Um, I like purple pretty well and I course fine. It's got songs on it. So yeah, talk show host and army of anyone, a uh, different singer with, but it's Eric Kretz, Dean and Robert DeLeo. Uh, and then Stone Temple Pilots itself has had three different singers. Hmm. So that's Scott Weiland before Scott died, uh, but he was kicked out of the band. They did an album with Chester Bennington. Really? Uh, it might not be a full album, might just be an EP, might just be like seven songs. Uh, and then now they've, 
now that both the official lead singers for the band have died, they've got a, mm. a new, uh, a new fella in named like his last name's gut G U T T. I'm like, that's bold to rock and roll, bold to take that into the <laughs> rock and roll, uh, arena, yeah. keeping that, that birth name. So yeah, I, wow. uh, yeah, I love stone temple pilots in a weird way that, their third album's my favorite. And I, I for, for a few years, I was cautious going back to it. I was like, you don't want to go back and, and hear it and miss what you loved about it. But I think I'm yeah. at a comfortable place with that album. Yeah, I, I can see that happening with some stuff. But no, these, these were never a big band for me. Um, but yeah, it's a good track. And I, I, I like, I, I do appreciate hearing that from you after I put Oasis on here. I, I am always <laughs> glad when there's something that, that wasn't there for you already. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You introduced me to things and that was the goal. And it's it's funny go, go, going through here and, uh, you know, Jim Blossoms and, and Counting Crows and, and Stone Temple Pilots and, and you say, and, yeah, they, they weren't, you know, a big thing over here, or at least for me, when, mm-hmm. uh, I forget if it's Tel Aviv or Tangier, one of the later ones that I, I made for you, uh, one of my motivations was like, well, what's, what's American music? Stop trying to like, uh, impress with how well, you know, stuff that they might know anyway, you know, like, oh, yeah. I know something more obscure in the area that you already like like no, you, you got all this american music that they're probably not listening to go with that so it, i had already been doing that unconsciously <laughs> um all right well yeah let's let's roll oh i could talk for six days on this next one i'll, I'll try not to but you got a heart so big it could crush friggin' harmonies on that one, man. <laughs> so good. Um, that is... Uh, That's a solid tune, isn't it? Yeah, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Walls, parentheses, Circus, uh, from the She's the One soundtrack, oh. which is... So, Tom Petty is like Queen for me in that I'm okay with just the hits, pretty much. Yeah. When you get into the the album cuts, it, it 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 doesn't always hit for me. There's one Tom Petty album I love front to back, and that's music from the motion picture. She's the one, and that album. Peter Bogdanovich made a four hour Tom Petty documentary. Mm-hmm. Not one word is said about music from the motion picture. She's the one. <laughs> so funny. So it, yeah, so that's a, another one of those, like, I, I like, I like this one. 
And being born in 84, I might just have a predilection for albums that came out in 96. That's just the age I was when that album, which is of the time, was perfect for me. I don't know. But mm. but that's that's my Tom Petty record. That I, I also quite like Into the Great Wide Open, but but it's music from She's the One that's really, really stuck with me. That that feels niche. I assume it's niche. <laughs> I'm gonna let you have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I said I could talk for like six days on this. I think I think I've said it. Like I like Tom Petty. Tom Petty died and it was sad. And I like some album cuts, but not most of them. And mm. Walls is a great song. You know what though? I think there's there's no shame in like being a kind of best of fan of some 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 of the big artists. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just I feel like time is time is limited, man. There's there's too much out there to to listen to. And, yeah. And not not all of it is great. Let's be honest. And yeah, after after Tom died, I I did the thing where I went to the to the library and I got the records I didn't have. So uh, you know, I've spent a little time with Dan the Torpedoes and uh, Hard Promises and i like i get it and i i love i love a good music documentary i definitely recommend uh i think it's probably called running down a dream the Mm. big uh four-hour documentary if you want to really spend some time uh in the tom petty history and uh oh i i also did that after you know david bowie died and then after prince died i offered up on facebook hey who wants a who wants a mixtape also did it for Mm. tom and i i tried to I, I think I did a pretty good job on the Tom Petty mixes of not just taking a clip from Greatest Hits, having something more interesting in with it. Um, mm. Running down. I'm just making sure that's the name of the show and seeing where it can be streamed in the US right now. Dream. Tom Petty running down a dream. Uh, let's see. According to Just Watch, it is on Fubo. If you got a subscription to Fubo, it's on Tubi. If you're okay with ads, Crackle. If you're okay with ads, and Canopy for free. If you've got a library card. Hmm. So, uh, gosh, yeah, I don't know why I ran out of Tom Petty steam, but. It's all right. We got we got a good size episode already. Let's let's roll on to the to yeah. the next one. This song sticks out like a, a bit of a sore thumb at this point in the mix, but I couldn't let it go without no effects. I think what I did for that one was just take, just start at the end and go back 30 seconds. 
So you just want the very, very last yeah. 30 seconds of the song. Oh, that. I, I can't imagine there's many mixtapes in this world that put no effects after Tom Petty. Yeah, I'll I'll, t- I'll take a, a an award for most unique on that one. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listening through Disc B because I I think Disc B really holds together, and that is such a jarring motion <laughs> to go from that and then to end so softly afterward. I I didn't need to do that. That that should have gone with <laughs> Rancid on the the first disc or or wherever, but or how does disc B even start? It might even have a home up there. Is it? Uh, no, no, it doesn't belong on disc B at all. Not <laughs> at all. But disc B is the shorter one, so and it's it's like yeah. a minute nineteen. It's a tiny little song, dying degree. Um, I think you probably just kind of like you know elbowed it in there, had a little bit of space, go on, chuck in no effect. Yeah. Yeah. Or like it, it just, it struck me late in the process. Like, Oh, I listened to punk and Droblick so much. That was a, a tape that I had. It had a uh, Ixnay on the ombre. That's, and that's why I had the tape. I, I said to my friend Kendall, Hey, you've, you've got this offspring album. Can you tape that for me? And then she filled up the rest of the tape, uh, hour and 10 minute tape, big tape or not, not hour and 10, a uh, 110 minute tape instead of just a uh, typical 90. So, yeah. so it's got Ixnay on the Ombre, the self-titled Suicide Machines album, and then Punk and Drublick and a couple Goldfinger songs. Nice. And that's, that's one of those when I, when I first moved and I was missing all my friends and it was very, very rainy and I, well, I love the rain, but it was very atmospheric for, for being lonely and sad. Uh, that that's one of the tapes that spun like a bunch and mm-hmm. so I always, I sometimes forget like, oh yeah, you, you, you did listen to a lot of no effects, but just that one album pretty much. Yeah. No effects. That's, I don't know. that's a t-shirt band. Oh, totally. I was going to say a lot of my friends were into no effects and I did kind of like them, but never to the extent of, you know, most of the people I knew who were into them, e- even, um, gosh, must have been quite a while ago now. We we went to see them a few years ago. Like it feels recent, but at the same time, it was it was pre-pandemic. Um, <laughs> so who knows? Yeah. Time time isn't real. Um, and yeah, as ever, got really drunk at the gig. Um, and then I was I was kind of standing there. I was like, Do you know what, man? Like, I'm actually not that fussed about watching the rest of this gig, and I'm quite hungry. Uh, I left and went and got Nando's and then met my friends afterwards and they were like oh my god that gig was so good and I was like yeah 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 it's great missed the the last bit so I went to eat some chicken that's funny that that feels like a very adult move like I can't imagine as a, a younger person doing something like that like being 25 and saying I'm okay not fully experiencing this concert that that I chose to come to. Yeah. I think it was one of those things like our, our friend's band was supporting uh, yeah. and loads of people I knew were there and yeah, just had a fun time with everyone. I was like, no, now it's time for dinner. <laughs> yeah. And just like, it, it's no longer where you're at that you need to, to, what's amazing is no effects. first album is as old as I am. Yeah. Like that. I, I was shocked how old the band was in 
2000 when I started listening to them. I'm like, they're from the 80s? Gross. <laughs> These people yeah. have to be like 35 years old. Ew. Oh, to be 35. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so funny. So funny to think like how much of the music that we absolutely love was written by a 24-year-old. Just, oh yeah, that song, it's so meaningful to me and it's so wise and it was written by a 24-year-old. What what are we doing here? Yeah. So weird. Uh, but yeah, I, I, Punk and Drublick still an album I love. I'll listen to it. Other no effect songs or albums. I, this is so dumb to say. They feel a little jokey sometimes. There's there are fewer full on jokey songs on Punk and Drublick, I think, than So Long and Thanks for All the Shoes or Heavy Petting Zoo or S and M Airlines or Ribbed or Pump Up the Valium or Nope, that's all I got. Yeah, they they all ring a bell, but I I don't actually think I ever owned a No Effects album. I used to have all the, the Punkarama CDs and they were on a couple yeah. of those. They're definitely on Punkarama too. And three. I love um, uh, their song on three. We threw gasoline on the fire and now we have stump storms and no eyebrows. Yeah. yeah That's yeah, a good yeah. song. And the I I think why no effects stays like in my mind fully relevant is because of all the other stuff that Mike did. Uh, Fat Records... I was really into fat mm. records in the early 2000s. That was, uh, and my friend Wade had a, a bunch of the fat compilations and those are really good. If you like the Punkarama mm. uh, comps, I definitely recommend at least like the first three or four fat music compilations. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to hear some propaganda. Yeah. Uh, and me first in the gimme gimme's and uh, and just like some gimmicky stuff, like they have a song called uh, The Decline that's 18 minutes long. And I bought that for my friend Kendall, who taped Punk and Drublick for me. Um, and then the, so, and I love the, yeah, the, he did the, the Decline. And then there's a Fat Records comp called Short Music for Short People, which has 101 mm-hmm. roughly 30 second songs. Amazing. It's a, that's that's got some really good yeah. ones on it too. The great Less Than Jake song on there. They actually, when I saw Less Than Jake, they actually opened with it. I think it was a fuller version, a longer one, but a song called Anchor. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. There was one on on one of the Punkaramas. I think it was called uh, "Think the World" by All. It was like 30 seconds. Oh long, yeah, that's good. Good fun. Okay, well let's let's wrap out 154 minutes spent pondering issues related to nothing at all. I I was so in love with lengthy, overly wordy song titles for a guy who never fully memorized the Fiona Apple album title. I my friend Dave did like shout outs to Dave Armstrong, inventor of X Pogo, uh, and by the time we're hearing this, possibly designer of our uh, new logo. So, uh, yeah, he, he, he knows the whole, when the pawn hits the conflict, he thinks like a king, but if you know where you stand, then you know where you land. I don't even remember how it ends now. Boo me. <laughs> but I love that Fiona did that twice. 
she's got two because the idler uh idler wheel anyway not the newest one but like the one two albums before that also like a whole poem for the album title Right, right, so a right. bold maneuver. And uh, that's what I love about Fiona Apple. She was super young when her first album hit. An album whose... I didn't get it was a pun, that first one. It's called Tidal, mm. like T-I-D-A-L. And I'm like, that's deep. And then I read later like, oh yeah, like Tidal, like T-I-T-L-E. God. Yeah. Damn you, Apple. <laughs> okay. Let, yeah, let's, let's wrap this up. This is... Uh, Farewell and good night. I, the whole time had it built around opening with melancholy and ending with farewell and good night. Um, the only smashing pumpkin song where you get to hear Matt, Jimmy Chamberlain, Matt Chamberlain was Zwan, wasn't he? Who's Matt Chamberlain? I don't know. Isn't he the guy from, um, Muse? No, that's Matt Bellamy. Oh yeah. I don't know. All right. Hey Google. Matt Chamberlain. According to Wikipedia, Matthew Chamberlain is an American session musician, drummer, producer, songwriter. Okay. Uh, yeah. He was in Pearl Jam <laughs> briefly. Um, and none of this mentions Jimmy. So, oh, maybe he played for Fiona Apple. Who knows? Anyway, Jimmy Chamberlain. Only yeah. Smashing Pumpkin song where you get to hear Jimmy sing. And one of the last ones where you get to hear Darcy, I think. Yeah. I don't know if she's on a door. And then she didn't even record Machina. That's right. Uh, it was uh, Melissa Aftermar. Hmm. It's hard to keep a band together when you're kind of a raging egomaniac. It's a shame. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it's a sweet little song. I it just had to be the end because of how I began, um, and mm-hmm. it was I can't remember if it was my senior prom or the one after that that got used as the uh, theme because I I put oh, it forward. Wow. I was like that farewell and good night. What's a song I like that's prom appropriate? It's it's at least as oh I don't know it's probably not actually as good as Midnight in Paris but there are twelve hundred other proms every year with Midnight in Paris as the theme, so. So how does that work as a theme? Oh, it's just on the invitation, pretty much. Oh right, so you don't have like decorations that tie into it or anything. Yeah, if it were a, there are themes that are more suited for decorations that tie in. Mm. But yeah. Yep, that's all that was. Hmm. So, 
so that yeah that's the first that's the first mix that's 2002 uh that is my senior year of high school that's roughly what i was listening to yeah so uh i mean gosh we've been on this one for for so long now but um yeah this is this is episode part four wow but uh in in retrospect how how do you think you did well you got quiet there in retrospect what how do you think you did over the two discs so over so i think i gave disc a i gave myself a six out of ten Okay. I might have that wrote down somewhere. It'd be smart if I did. My memory is not that good. Yeah. Maybe it was so long ago that it was in the notebook that I misplaced. As Brussels. Uh, well, beautiful babies, if you know what I ranked disc one it, fe- it feels like a, a six i had some problems with the first one this disc b i gotta say i gotta give myself a solid 7.5 mm-hmm. yeah it's it's nice you've got the little the little trilogies in there you, yeah you only get marked down for the kind of weird crowbarring in no effects at the end <laughs> right yeah definitely marks off for that um points for accidentally including ani defranco mm-hmm. uh, i think that worked worked in there perfectly uh yeah it's it's got variety i think it's an accurate representation even like where i might now cringe at wonderwall being on there it sounds right in on the disc yeah so yeah i think no, let's 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 go pitchfork race. Seven point eight on on disc B. Uh, overall, one hundred and fifty four minutes. I give it a seven point two. Mm-hmm. Let's say for the for the two parts. Yeah. So a valiant first effort, I think. I think so. Yeah, I think your first one you gave a seven five, maybe a seven. May have to go re-listen. Uh, yeah. Got, got myself some homework. Um, yeah, feels good. Uh, what about you? How, how did how did this hit you back in 02? Oh, rain. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's very eclectic. There's a wide range of stuff on there. Um, I do remember at the time some of the stuff didn't quite hit me um Uh but there's a lot of there are a lot of growers on there um i don't remember there specifically being anything that i was like oh don't like that gonna skip that you know okay nice yeah yeah i think it was a success yeah pretty good for teenagers i think Mm. all right so, uh, beautiful babies, we are going to be taking a brief uh, break from the mixtapes. Um, next episode, uh, what I want to do is talk about uh, portrayals of 
our uh, homes, I guess, in uh, popular media. So I've got a small handful of Utah things that have, have struck me as either accurate or inaccurate. And then the, the, the burden here is on Zen with uh, London because it's an actual city that people care about. But people who've never been there have posters of on their wall. Nobody has posters yeah. of Salt Lake City. There's got to be someone out there. Well, I mean, Probably like Mormon person. kids, weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> not not like Mormon kids are weirdos, but like weirdos among Mormon kids. I'll have a Salt Lake right. City poster. And they're well from Nebraska or something. Yeah. All yeah right. the, the issue I have is that there are so many portrayals of london it's, it's how to choose yeah so that is, just that is for me to dwell on stuff that you've liked stuff where what i'm really interested in is where they've got it very right and where mm-hmm. they've gotten it very wrong mm. yeah so i mean you know obviously love actually is a flawless piece of cinema with no errors <laughs> at, at any point um 28 days later Shaun of the dead these are like the first three that i was like is what where is that is that well done is Shaun of the dead even london i don't know it ah, I, I don't know it's quite suburban wherever it's meant to be yeah hmm. research me thinks all right yeah i mean heck it's worth a rewatch of Shaun of the dead if nothing else yeah. All right. So that's hopefully what the next episode will be. Uh, definitely going to try and get it out a little quicker uh, than this one. Uh, but until, no, that's not the sign off. <laughs> As always.